0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts and welcome to Cars. Yeah, today I'm in Toronto, Canada with a very special guest by the name of Alex Chi. Alex, welcome to Cars. Yeah, do you have any gear
1: and are you ready to release the clutch? I'm ready. Let's get to it. Nice to see you. Nice to be here.
0: Well, we'll have some fun. Now, as I say release the clutch, Alex and I had a great little chat before we started the show today about electric vehicles, of which there is no clutch. So uh, sometimes uh, I've got to think, stop and think about the future here. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is some. Crazy crazy interesting technology that Alex and his team are putting together but before I introduce you and we dive deep into that world what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you alex
1: well i I'm, I'm a big car guy you know like yourself and then growing up my first love of cars started with the james Bond movies I mean I think for a lot of kids growing up and seeing those movies and seeing the cars and those you know and, and that that made you fall in love and, and that's something that that triggered my uh my love of this whole industry and, and just you know motors in general
0: yeah very cool you know i was at car week uh last month and on the lawn at quail and somebody had one of the james bond movie cars there so which one uh, well it was the last james bond so it was a db5 but it was okay. one built for that movie so it was basically a newer car but it had all the gizmos and looked like yeah. the, the, the class what i call the classic James Bond car, you know, the Aston Martin DB5. I mean, to me, that's that's the James Bond car, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And most cars don't come with all smoke screen and stuff as well, though. So those are <laughs> quite unique.
0: Yeah, pretty fun. I like the machine guns. Uh, kind of clear the, <laughs> clear the path on a bad yeah. commute to work. So very, very cool. Well, let me give you an introduction, and we're going to dive into this world. Thanks. Alex Chi is the chief executive officer at Pontosense, where they are at the forefront Of driving innovation through the cutting edge sensor technologies that enhance your driving experience and can save lives. He is an accomplished visionary and industry leader with a relentless passion for revolutionizing the automotive landscape. With numerous patents and inventions, Alex has consistently spearheaded groundbreaking advancements in sensor technology, leveraging his deep experience in engineering and automotive dynamics. PontoSense was founded with a mission to fundamentally change everyday technology by expanding the relationship between humans and machines. Oh my. Ponosense is the first company (laughs) in the world to adhere to Euro NCAP regulations as well. We're going to learn a lot more about Alex and uh, the future here today, but first a word from our sponsors. So give them a little love. And well, I always say they keep the gas in the tanks, but today let's say they keep the charge in the batteries (laughs) and we'll be right back. Years ago, when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy, my carrier's rates went up. Way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So, what's with that? So, I turned to American Collector's Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collector's Insurance. I shopped around, I asked friends for recommendations, and found a winner 9324 and protect the ones you love, like I did, with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. They're talented. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Alex, you're a car guy, which has brought you to Cars Yeah, but you're in this. I've had so many people in new technology on this show, and sometimes I feel a little left behind given my history and where I come from, but I get really invigorated by what you young folks, I'm going to call you young because you probably could be my son's age, yeah. um, what you guys are doing and what you're doing here. I'm going to give the, the listeners a little sense here. Basically, you've created, and correct me if I'm wrong, a coin-sized contactless RF sensor that monetizes hopefully you monetize it does monetize a little bit (laughs) yeah a little that's the plan right monitors biometrics including breathing rate heart rate and hrv to unlock new human applications in everyday technology what on earth are you guys up to
1: yeah i mean that's a great uh explanation i mean and the way i think about it is that we use millimeter wave which is a specific frequency it's not harmful to the body right if you got wi-fi at home it's you know it, it, it's about the same level as that but what it does is it, it kind of you know reflects very harmless you know millimeter waves off the individual off moving things and it bounces back to you or bounces back to the receiver and we can see things you know move that are micro movements as small as a grain of salt so movement that small in a vibrating environment from you know the way so fundamentally that's kind of what we're doing you know similar technology is kind of what dolphins and bats used to see but they use sound instead of millimeter waves but you know generally it's it's contactless technology that allows you to see vitals and measure health and and those type of things
0: so how does this relate to the automobile
1: well i I think you know you're starting to see the car become more and more safe as it moves forward And, and there's a lot of issues that we're able to to help the industry solve with this technology in the short term you know there's this Whole thing about people leaving kids in hot cars, right? And right. you've been you've been a parent to, to many kids as well, but we all forget sometimes, right? And having something alert you and say, "Hey, by the way, it's a hundred and whatever it is out there, uh, temperature wise, you have you know you, you forgot something in the car is is a critical thing because you know heat stroke can happen within minutes. So we're able to to detect that as a safety function. That's almost like an airbag safety function. But going forward. We can obviously monitor drivers, monitor passengers, and this will allow us to let the car know that hey, the driver's not feeling great today, uh, maybe let's keep an eye out and and you know protect protect those lives
0: no, it's very interesting. I was down in Southern California last month at a family wedding, and they upgraded me although. Afterwards, I said that wasn't much of an upgrade into a a giant Cadillac Escalade. And I I say that because it was just too big. It was huge. But I was hauling. I mean, it was just so big. I'm like, this is crazy. But I was hauling some people around. And I'll tell you something funny. Funny that happened, but it. It's not funny when you leave somebody in a car. Uh, my mom, who's 86 and is a little older and moving a little slower. We had her in the very back. We had a bunch of people in the car. and We're all piling out to go to the wedding. And I got out and shut the door. And I thought she had gotten out on the other side. And everybody shut the door. And the car yeah. sent me an alert that, hey, there's a human. <laughs> you know, someone's in yeah. the car. And I went, what's that? And I opened the door. And my mom goes, anybody forget about me? <laughs> uh, now, a little baby, a little child can't do that. Um, or somebody who's asleep that maybe is older that could, but they're asleep. And you stop to look at the Grand Canyon and, you, you know, spend an hour and you go, what happened to Billy? And so the horrors that happened. So that's obviously one type of thing that can help and support. But when you're talking about sensing things in cars of people and applications, what are some other ways that your your technology can uh, can help us not only enjoy life more, but be safer?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's two two sides to that, and your story is you know absolutely valid. And sometimes we forget all kinds of things, like the times that I forget coffees on top of vehicles that I drive, and then <laughs> yeah. I stop at a stop sign and oops, you know, now I you found your coffee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But I think it's it's in in short, I think. You have these safety measures, right, and that's kind of where you want to go is to save lives ultimately. But there's a lot of things you can do in in the you know in the meantime as well around comfort and and you know those type of things. Without disclosing too much, there are these things that we're working on now with some car companies where with the sensor, we can measure your stress level coming back from work at five pm. And the car can react to that, maybe turn on a little massage feature, you know, a little whirlpool feature. <laughs> can it take right? me to make a your,
0: better place?
1: <laughs> give your, yeah, give your, give your drive a little bit, you know, more smoothness. And, and we're doing that today. So wow. I think it's not always about saving lives and that is the ultimate goal. But if it can make your car a little bit more comfortable, then I think that's worth it in the short term as well.
0: You know what I'm thinking here too is, and I'm not sure how this might, maybe you've thought of this, is this problem with road rage that people that get so worked up and typically, you know, it's you get cut off in traffic or somebody does something silly in front of you and you get a little aggravated. Now, typically it's not so much what that person did. It's what's going on in your life or something, because you see some of these videos and you go seriously, dude, you did that because of that. I mean, chill out. Now you're in jail or heaven forbid you killed somebody or hurt somebody really badly. So if it can sense breathing heart rate, emotions i guess in a sense yeah. are there some things that you have thought of that it could do to help somebody like chill like does it come on and say hey calm down it's not worth it pull over take a breath
1: yeah didn't we talk about machine guns and cars earlier well we <laughs> did
0: yeah well forget that comment you know that was that was that was my bad uh, but uh yeah good point touche my friend
1: yeah but i but i think you know we want to make sure people are safe. I think definitely when you're stressed, you're not able to focus, right? Yeah. So whether it's anger or, you know, some other forms of stress, your mind's somewhere else, right? But, but I do think that what is the measurement of it that we're doing is kind of, you know, using advanced biometrics, you know, that feeling when you are when you got that sinking feeling in your, in your pit of your stomach, that the kind of fight or flight response, believe it or not, that can be measured really using, you know, HRV absolutely wow. yeah that that's the uh, you know that's the heart rate variability that's the you know the time between each beat of your heart so if you're measuring exact waveform of your heartbeat we can actually see those things so we know if you're stressed we know if you're tired we know if you're you know there's some tests that we've done where you know we can measure how many cups of coffee you've had today is,
0: <laughs> now you're getting into the big brother uh <laughs> concerns that we all have about everything we do being monitored but I, I see your point now let me veer off the road a little bit here to use a pun could something like this be used in um apple watch type thing or some kind of device you wear that you know could tell you something's happening, I know like these watches, if you fall down
1: and you're passed yep.
0: out or you know your your heart is going into a weird rhythm or something, can it do those kinds of things as well?
1: absolutely, yeah, and I would say that the main difference between us and an Apple watch, besides some you know maybe accuracy claims and things like that is that you don't have to wear what we do right so I'm personally not a fan of putting on something on my wrist every time I get into a vehicle, so I think having remote or contactless sensing is where this market needs to go into. So I would say absolutely, like a lot of things Apple Watch can do, we can do. But in addition to that, uh, we can do things like breathing and other things that that the Apple Watch cannot do. So um, I would say that there are you know it's it's in the same family but we can do a little bit more without being without sounding arrogant here that, that we're doing more than apple which is a huge company yeah. right? but yeah they're kind of um, big aren't they <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of unique but they've done a great product with the wash and, and we we just do something things a little bit differently than them
0: yeah i love it now is your product is, i know you can't give away all your secrets because your development phases and you're doing things but will these primarily be or your device be in vehicles or uh in cars are are the in cars now or
1: we're in mass production now um which is which is which is a big deal for us because i think to have this idea this crazy idea a few years ago and now to see it in actually cars on the road you know saving lives we'll never know exactly how many lives we've saved but we can do some quick math extrapolation there but um but to see this in the market is truly something unique And and i do think that as we project years in the future ideally this type of technology saves a bunch of lives in many different cars oh
0: yeah yeah absolutely i think it's tremendous and that's why i was so excited to have you on the show because again things are moving so fast and uh, sometimes at least at this point in my life I feel like I'm, I'm being a little left behind when I learned of something like you're doing and I'm like how come I don't know about this but then as my smart wife reminds me but you're sharing it with the world by having Alex on your show so now you do and a lot more people know about it so there you go uh, that's the thing we can do with this podcast. You are a very smart guy, no doubt. And you surrounded yourself with very smart people on your team. H- has there been somebody that's been what I like to call a driving inspiration in your life that really has mentored or pushed you into the field of, uh, uh that you're in right now?
1: Well, I, I mean, you know, this is, you, you have, you've had thousands of, People on your show, so I'm sure you've met a lot of really great, you know, people along the way. And you know, you mentioned, you know, your smart wife as being an inspiration. You know, I I already give my wife too many compliments. I'm gonna say (laughs) that. Um but but I think, you know, some somebody that can overcome something is quite unique, right? Mark, I I think probably you've had some of those cases as well in your own personal life knowing somebody that's overcome a, a very challenging situation. I know for me. Someone like that's like my sister. You know, she, you know, definitely found found her path in in life. And she didn't always hit the bullseye on the first try, but now she's doing some really incredible stuff in the culinary industry in Europe. And I, I joke around that she, whenever she comes back home, she she never makes anything more than just some 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 pastries and stuff. But um, but she's definitely done very well professionally in that in that area. So and she's come overcome a lot of things. So um, that tenacity, I think, it's encouraging to see.
0: Well, yeah, the bulldoggedness, as I like to call it, and it sounds like aside from cars, your sister loves the culinary field, food, and to me, anybody who's figured out their passion and has figured out a way to incorporate it into their life, and even better, a way to support them from a financial standpoint, income level, whatever it might be, emotional uh, is a success. And it sounds like your sister is definitely one of those. But yeah, having having someone like that in your life, and they come home and they don't cook the giant gourmet meals. It's like, come on. But I guess it's like having a dad who's a dentist that's, could you look at this tooth right here? You
1: know, we're having a dad that's a podcaster and then going home and interviewing your family. Uh, (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Again, touche. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, I think so. So when you talk about you're, you're obviously an entrepreneur, you've built businesses, created, I think, ideas and things. But this doesn't come without obstacles and perhaps some challenges. And I'd love for you to share one in particular that was Perhaps a painful time. However, that experience taught you a really, really valuable lesson.
1: I think the automotive industry as a whole is a challenge through and through. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I mean <laughs> I don't I don't know about kind of your views on this, Mark. Maybe you agree with, but I just think that it's a very difficult industry to to move forward in. And I think for many different reasons, right? And one of the main reasons was just how long it takes to get something to market. I, I remember when we first, you know, started doing this, we were told, okay, the 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 cycles are like seven years, ten years for a product to get to market, and and now I think that the market itself is changing as well, where you know new regulations and and new ways to to view the industry as well, really you know led this charge into bringing things to the automotive industry that's that's more innovative than in the past i mean tesla did a great job of that other of companies have done a great job of that and for us it's really kind of sticking to to our partners and, and our you know the people that we work with on a daily basis to to really make sure that innovation in automotive is is pushing forward at a faster speed than it was before and that that was a huge challenge coming into this
0: I can't even imagine. You talk to people and you even see journalists and so forth in the industry complaining about things in the automotive industry. And and I'll pick on one right now that's probably prevalent. You mentioned Tesla. Uh, I hold that company and especially Elon Musk at a very high level because to accomplish what that guy has accomplished. And I mean, it's amazing to me. But whether you like him or not... um, I'll put him on my hero shelf because I think the guy's incredible with what he's just done in his life, a good, bad, indifferent, whatever it is. However, you think about the new truck, uh, the cyber truck yep. that they're doing, and people are like, oh, that's never going to happen, and you know, yep. I'll put my money down. And it's like you don't understand until you're in it how long everything takes, and it's the bureaucracy of government typically that gets in the way of everything that makes it so hard. And. Yep. Car design in particular, I've had a lot of designers on the show that were designers back in the 60s and 70s. And you look at what happened in the 70s with cars kind of getting very blase and boring. And um, yeah, but a lot of it was, well, the headlights can only be this high and the bumpers have to be this and the materials have to do this and all of that. And it does stifle. I get why they do it. It's got to be safety. It's got to be thoroughly tested. And I go to Arizona a lot now and I've noticed the autonomous cars driving around there. In Phoenix, and uh, you know, I pulled up next to one, and my wife goes, "There's nobody in that car." Because I, I was looking at, "What's all this stuff on that car?" Yeah, you know. And I've had people on the show that do some pretty cool things where cars are actually now driving to you with nobody in them. You get oh, yeah. in. I mean, it's just I'm a I'm just I'm in awe. I think it's so cool. Is that the coolest though? We're living in a time that I think you know. People say, "What were the best of times?" Now. Right now, despite all the headaches you may think there are, this is the best of times because when did this stuff ever exist? It didn't. You know, and it's people like you and your team that are making this stuff happen. So, but yeah, automotive industry, That's a that's a big one. You know, bucket list. Again, I know your technology, there's a lot you cannot talk about, but if you looked ahead in your business the next, let's just not take it too far, but maybe two, three, four years. What's your bucket list for Ponto
1: Sense? Yeah, I, I think that for pontal Sense, the, the way that we see it is that you spend a lot of time in your car, but there is a integration, application, you know, ubiquity type of feeling to it where a lot of your life can be optimized in terms of comfort and, and health and those type of things. And a car is just one piece of that. So the way we're seeing this is, you know, there's this new era out there that I believe is really, you know, a, a closer machine human integration. So that can exist in the automotive industry, that can exist in other industries. But, but really, I think wherever you are, it's 2023, right? So you should be safe wherever you go. And I think that's something that, um, you know, we're, we're looking into as kind of the next step is um, beyond your car, just tracking your your whole way through and different ways that you go as well, you know, safety in the home, safety in the workplace, right?
0: yeah no it's exciting i i think you're exactly right and especially as uh like i have an aging mom um i think you know when i used to hear the words autonomous cars i just thought why would anybody want that i mean i I like to drive but then i think well my mom's not so comfortable driving anymore but she doesn't like the idea of getting in a stranger's car a la uber or lyft oh yeah you know she goes i just that seems weird to me what if a car just pulled up she got in and it took her somewhere. And it, yep. it could be her car or it could be just nobody driving where she didn't have to, you know, worry about somebody. And I've even talked to people who, well, I had two people in my guess that were blind motorcycle riders that set land speed records on
1: motorcycles. Wow.
0: Yeah. Now, what if you were blind, but you loved motorcycles and you could go for a ride on a motorcycle? That'd be pretty and
1: cool. also, And also, you know, when those cycles, or even in your case, you know, your your mom, when she gets home, and then, you know, between the car and her house, there's always that handoff there as well Is like, okay, you just got out of the car. And now she's entered in the home, right? So that handoff is a complete handoff, because, you know, I've heard a lot of stories also about people just in that little three minutes, they may have walked off because, you know, there might be a pre-existing condition in there as well that causes that to happen. But uh, yeah, safety, safety is all around your life. I, th- I think that's one thing that we're, we're seeing as well.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah, I see that completely. Now, you said you're a car guy at the beginning here, and I could sense that in our pre-show check that you're, or, or talk, you're a car guy. Uh, could you tell me maybe about one special vehicle that's been in your life?
1: I'm going to go, I'm going to give you a deep cut here. Okay, uh, but- cool. But but growing up, um, my folks, uh, their first car was a a Chevy Nova, 1987, red Chevy Nova. Uh, It was the first car, I think, that they bought. But I remember because they bought this book called The Lemon of Used Cars. And in there, they rated every single vehicle that was on the market They gave it a five-star rating based on certain criterias. And the Chevy Nova, which is now discontinued for like 20, 20 years, but back then it had five stars. And I remember that vehicle it took us to a lot of uh, memorable road trips when I was younger. Uh, so that's one where I still remember the, the funky smell in the backseat. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you something. My first car was a Chevy Nova. 19- oh, yeah. 1967 Chevy Nova, yeah. Yeah, so uh, now I didn't like it because it was not cool. (laughs) <laughs> and it was a little old lady's four-door car. But I tell you, it got me and my buddies to the beach. We could pile yeah. a bunch of guys in there and put surfboards on the top and uh, head down to the ocean. And so uh, no complaints there. And it was a great price. And I sold it for three times what I paid for it because the guy that sold wow. it to me gave me a deal. So, yeah, uh, Chevy Nova. Of course, uh, I heard a funny thing about those cars had to change their names when they were sold down to South America because, of course, Nova meant no go. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, I don't she- know about that. Yeah, yeah. The, the, so he said, probably not a good idea to call a car a no-go car.
1: <laughs> so, what do they call it? I don't,
0: Isn't you know, I don't know. Uh, probably was a Chevy Andalay or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they were smart. Yeah. yeah, that would have been good. That's funny. And by the way, the uh, Canadian version of the Nova was the Acadian. I'm a bit of a uh, car psychologist here. Special degree in this. And uh, I like to ask my guests about... This kind of introspective thought, if you were reincarnated, pun intended, as a vehicle. Now, what you yeah. want to be, though, that's way too easy. What would you be and why?
1: I can't use a Chevy on the lay that we just Well, just we could. You could be. whatever. <laughs> you know, it's
0: you, man. This is your show. You can be wherever you want, Alex.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly, you know... I would say, like, a, a solid Toyota Prius. I mean, those okay. are reliable vehicles. I, I think something more with more utility, you know, like it's nice to have a sports car, but you can't drive those in the winter. I live in Toronto, so there's a lot of snow here, right? And um, the bigger cars get stuck there as well. You mentioned Escalade earlier. Can't imagine driving that armor tank here yeah. in the, here. In the- <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. But I think having utility, I think, is really important and having value. So, you know, what we pride on here at Pondlessons and also in, in daily life is just providing value for for those we work with. So I think cars that should not be that expensive, right, should should, should run pretty well, should be relatively stable. Those are the ones that I think if I was to, to, to come back again, that's what I would but that's a great question. Mark, what about you? I think it's about you, actually.
0: Well, uh, I've been asked that before. I always laugh when I get the mic turned. But, um, and and I, I, I feel like I'm cheating when I answer the question, but I don't. And that is a Porsche and a 911, or an early 911, maybe because I'm an older guy. But that's because, to me... The Porsche is one of those vehicles, one of the rare cars that's been around for a long time. It has stayed true to itself, but it evolves. Yeah. It's improved over time. I hope that I have, but I try to stay true to who
1: I am and my roots
0: and what I was taught as a kid. So, yeah, uh, I'd say, uh, you know, like a younger G-body 911. That would be me.
1: See, That's a much better answer than what I
0: gave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, only because the car is cooler than a Prius, but um but no your your answer is relative to what i've learned about you today alex and that is steadfast does the job a bit cutting edge because you think of the pri- prius you know as it came out and continues to be cutting edge so yeah i'll take that i like it and you touched on <laughs> you touched on something there uh, you know the other answer to that many times is a pickup truck it's just, you know, it hauls around people, it hauls around stuff, yeah. it gets the job done, it's not fancy, it's not pretentious. I mean, we'd all love to be a Ferrari up one car, but, uh, well, maybe not the last few seasons, they're not doing that great. Yeah. Although they just won a race, so that's... They, they, won, they won over the weekend, yeah. Yeah, not that's, bad. Bravo to you, Ferrari. Good job. Uh, <laughs> Enzo smiling. You touched on something very important, and I like to ask people about how they like to give back. And you touched on the fact that you are you've created a business that provides jobs. And and I've always said to people that people need to feel like they're supporting themselves and their family. And that's why jobs are so important. And the idea of people being unemployed and being paid, a la what we went through with COVID, I think just disrupted and caused a lot of problems and psychological problems, I think. But is that how you perceive yourself as as a way of giving back? You may have other ways that you give back, but you're providing jobs to people. And to me, that's the that's one of the most important things you can do,
1: yeah, I think this is probably an apt topic, given the current situation over in Michigan,
0: right, and oh, I think oh, yeah, it's cool, yeah, oh my goodness,
1: but I think there is a lot of challenges in that space, but what we view is providing value for for our partners, and if we can make you know their jobs easier or their you know customers' car a little bit better then that in in the end is the ultimate goal, right? To provide that value. I think, you know, we we obviously view ourselves as a business, but really I think if you're providing value for the the people that you work, you know, for, then in the end, I think there there is a, you know, winning attitude there. I think that's something that we're thinking about all the time. And in meetings and stuff, it's always like, how do we provide more value? How do we provide more value? What what do we do to 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 give the transparent result and and making sure that we can you know, make their lives easier as well. So I think really that's, you know, I think that's maybe a, a roundabout answer, but that's a, that's a big way that we think about this every single day.
0: My regular listeners know this. I've, I've said this many times, and it's what I've learned after so many conversations is, is that if we as human beings can find a way to help other people, that is when we are happiness. Now, a lot of people don't discover that till later in life. Some people figure it out when they're young, maybe their parents teach them. But having a business that does that is even better because it provides you with income, provides your employees with income, strong self-worth, good feelings. But what you're doing is helping other people. And that's what Pontesense to me is doing, going back to the beginning of our conversation here, is in some ways can save lives and does save lives. And what else can you do that's any greater than that, but also help people perhaps not do things that might harm others or themselves as well?
1: And, and becoming more future-proof with those companies too, right? It's not about limiting any positions, but it's more about building posi- new positions that can also be fitting of these future trends in automotive that we see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's again, best of times for sure. How about a great book? Is there one you'd like to share with us?
1: I think there's a few that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Have you read the Larry King biography? I I talk about that sometimes. What what an interesting guy. It's just
0: really weird that you said that because somebody last week said something to me. He goes, have you interviewed more people than Larry King? And I went, I I don't think so. I mean, the guy was around for 100 years, right? Um, Yeah, that's right. But that's funny you mentioned that. I haven't. I should read it.
1: I I just think that what we forget about sometimes and, and what you're doing so great is, is this whole art of storytelling right mm-hmm. and and who as a better storyteller than than larry king i mean the guy has lived centuries on this on this planet right and he's done a lot of really amazing things in his life and probably lived lie times a few few times over so um no that was that was a great really interesting he's some he has some great tidbits in that book as well okay. about the days yeah it's a really easy read it's one of those where he's a great storyteller so you can run through the whole thing in a, in a matter of hours and it's just um it's a great it's a great book for anybody looking to to relax and just you know hear uh hear a really interesting man talk
0: it's kind of like uh listening if you you know again you're a younger guy but paul harvey you ever listen to some of paul harvey's conversations I'm not. i'll put that on the list put it on your li- way before your time uh given your age but you can go and listen uh to many of his stories he used to be a radio guy that would tell stories and there was always a little twist at the end that you went what so <laughs> yeah listen to some of paul Har- and he is a great voice i mean just what a voice holy cow
1: yeah now you mentioned you mentioned
0: a couple other books
1: yeah i i think you know you can go down the the, the boring routes but, but i really think um Hearing kind of interesting people do do interesting things is is kind of what I, I love to to read. And you know those old like Reader's Digest stories that they have there as well. Like those are those are great. I remember. Look mm-hmm. some of those. Um, but generally, I think, you know, not to get too boring with things because I think there's a lot of things you can read on the business side and reference those things. But what I really want to get into, because you mentioned this earlier, is the Elon Musk biography that just came out from yeah. Walter Walter Isaacson, right? and and I heard a long one I just ordered it on Amazon so shipping to me in the next few days but I'm looking forward to getting into the, that one. Have you have you listened to or, or read any of that yet?
0: Not yet, no, but I was talking uh again, you're, you're it's so weird you're pick bring this up. My son and I were just talking about it because of course you go back to things like uh shoe dog uh about night and Nike and uh yep. Steve Jobs biography and these giant Books about these giant people that did things. I even think about, um, I'm not sure if they've written one or not, about um, Ralph Lauren and Polo. And that oh, I've read of, that one. I, I didn't even know if there is one. Is there a book about him?
1: Um, I'm not sure. It seems like it should be. Well, I mean, you, it's a Yeah, just, story. you know, the
0: guy started selling ties out of the trunk of his car to Macy's, you know. And yeah, it's just, now he's a car guy, so that adds to his mystique. In fact, he had one of, uh, actually two of his cars, I think, were on the lawn at Pebble last month beautiful S S D A mercedes and i believe the uh, mclaren f1 that was there um the competition card the orange one might have been his i'll have to go back and check that but uh yeah these uh, i, I would look forward to the elon musk book because um you know all the myth around somebody that has done what he's done or any of these people have done can sometimes fog at the reality you know, i'm hoping what uh walter wrote there is uh true to form and you know, doesn't really hide anything. It's it's good when the warts are shown too. So
1: yeah, I, I definitely there's some stories in there that's gonna probably surprise. <laughs> yeah. me. I'm looking forward to digging into that. I mean, it, I heard it's a big book. I haven't gotten it in the mail yet, but um, but I mean, he's a fascinating guy, oh, right? I and mean, he's been a lot of game changing companies out there.
0: I I look at people like all these folks we've mentioned. How do they do it? How do they, what's the day like, you know? What, what is that day like? It's, oh my gosh, it's gotta be incredible. It's pretty, pretty cool. So let's go on the ultimate drive. We'll have a little more fun with cars here. I do something really fun with my guests. I'm a bit of an enabler. I'm gonna buy you any car in the world. Don't worry about the cost because I'll foot the bill. Park it in your driveway and you can take it on a drive. But here's the fun part since we've talked about people today. You can take anybody with you, including somebody from the past that's no longer with us. So historical figures, family figures, whatever. But of course, the car has to come into play. So we'll start with that. What kind of car are you going to be in? Where are you going to be going? And who are you going to be with?
1: What a great question. I think it would be fascinating to take someone from the past that's known as a great thinker Mm -hmm. and then bringing them to a place now where obviously a lot has changed and, you know, introducing to new systems that, you know, I think. I'm going to go a little crazy here. I'm going to say way, a Waymo vehicle, right? I think there's a few different mods that they work with, but, but an autonomous driving vehicle. And wouldn't it be great, because I was, I was thinking about this um, maybe earlier this week, but DaVinci had oh. those products of a tank, back like 600 years ago have you seen those pictures yes yeah. he like drew like an early concept of what a tank looks like like you know centuries before they happen so someone like that that has obviously a great mind right yeah, and then putting him into a, in a car that drives itself i mean what is he gonna what is he gonna you know think about or, or discuss <laughs> i would love to see his reaction
0: uh that's very interesting answer um there's a uh book A couple books, actually, but my son has given me some of the best books I have. How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. Do you ever heard of that?
1: I have not heard of that one. It's
0: quite fascinating. That was written quite a while ago. It was by a guy named Michael uh, Gelb, G-E-L-B, I believe. And I think there was another uh, author in there. But yeah, How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, The subtitle was Seven Steps to Genius Every Day. And it was really fascinating. And then there was another one that was a workbook that you could get to go with it. And one of the examples in there was practice writing with both hands, left, right. Because, you know, just practice it. It makes you think differently in the process. But uh really? Yeah. But I love the fact that you picked Da Vinci because Da Vinci's one of those people. My dad was an artist. He was an architect. And yeah. He gave me uh, when I was quite young, I still have it a book about him and, and just learning about him. But you're right. The tanks, the flying machines, the, the things that he was thinking about more than his yeah. art was really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could bring him In a Waymo, yeah, you blow his mind, man.
1: (laughs) First of all, we have to explain to him what what a car really is, right? I think he hasn't seen any of that stuff yet. And then go beyond that. I
0: I think he'd have a huge smile on his face. That's a very cool answer to that question. Probably one of the more unique ones I've ever heard. Alex, you have taken us on a wonderful journey today into the future, which is happening now with you and what your team are doing. Really impressive with what you're up to. Before I let you go, could you share maybe some parting words of wisdom or advice or a mantra of some kind
1: i, I think this has, you know been a been a really great experience i mean they're you know, talking to you who's, who's had you know a thousand people that you've spoken to about this stuff I, I just think that the whole industry is is moving so so quickly and and there's a lot of things that's happening and i don't have any mantras or, or parting words but i'm excited to see what this whole thing looks like in five to ten years and i think that um if you think back to the past you know 100 years You've seen faster cars, better cars. But going forward, I think there's going to be a you know, a radical shift in the way we view transportation. And then I'm I'm very excited for, for seeing that come, come through.
0: Yeah. Having two little grandchildren now in my life, one is two years old and one is six weeks old. Uh, I sit and look at them and I think, what? I mean, 10 years. What's happened in the last 10 years, but in 10 years, or when they're 18 or 16, or whenever driving is allowed, then yeah, what are they going to see? What are they going to, yeah? But, but I also kind of get a little sad. What are they going to miss that I got to do? And will those old cars still be around to enjoy in some way? I mean, yeah, they will be. Maybe it'll be like the That'll horse, be, yeah. there'll be special places that you can go with them. Uh, but wow, it's moving fast, man. <laughs> it's really cool. How can people learn more about PontoSense?
1: I think the best way is to get connected with us on LinkedIn or visit our website com. But you know we're we're pretty active on LinkedIn, whether it's through our our personal pages or through the company page as well. Um, but we'd love to to talk cars, talk shop. Um, there's a lot of really cool things happening in this space. And like you said, you know, your your, your sons and daughters and granddaughters may not grow up with a driver's license, right? Yeah. They, may, they may be driven <laughs> around by something completely new. And
0: yeah, yeah.
1: It's really incredible to see that.
0: It's going to be wild. It's going to be cool. Well, I want to do a shout out. Thank you to a couple of your teammates there, Allison and Chan, for bringing you to the show. They've done a great job, uh, great teammates to have there. Alex, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and taking us on a little ride into the future, which is actually today. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you. We don't know how, but I'll see you down the road.
1: Yeah, thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me.
0: You're welcome. This was super. Did you know that Cars yeah is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Lipson, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. Plus DuPont Registry recommended Cars yeah is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at or through the website at Carsia.com today to learn more. Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels, and it takes more than a wrench in oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology, it's in high demand, you get paid really well, and you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road.
1: Yeah. <laughs>